everyone, this is Ashley Latecki Ellenboss with Skyhouse Herb School and Apothecary. And today we'll be talking and exploring butterflies waiting and blue flag. And so you might think, what do these have in common? But I promise you, they have a lot in common. And I hope to share some of the insights and thoughts and ruminations I've had lately with you as we explore these concepts and as we explore this very sacred plant. Before I do that, please, if you haven't already subscribed to my channel, please do. Please click the like button um, and, and please uh, sign up for notifications. That way, when I have new talks that come out about once a week, you can be notified of those. But you got to push that button. Otherwise, I guess you just don't get the notifications. So thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, so last night I went out to dinner with a very dear friend. He and I have been friends for over, you know, almost 30 years now. Um, we met when we worked at a restaurant together, uh, PF Chang's for any of you who know it. <laughs> um, when I was in my twenties, uh, I worked there while I was in college and we met and we just, it was like instant friendship. Uh, we waited, we both were servers and, um, and then he moved out to California, to San Diego, and I would visit him every year. Um, he came to visit me when I was traveling through Costa Rica. Then um, he moved to New Zealand for a few years, teaching snowboarding. And we just stayed in touch. Like we've just always stayed in touch. And when I got married, um, he's a professional videographer. He now lives in New York City. Uh, he recorded, he did the videography for our wedding. So he's a very dear friend of both mine and now a Chuta. And so we went out to dinner and we were talking about life and about he's doing a documentary right now on uh, 2020 and the um, beginning of COVID and what impact COVID had on the American psyche. And, um, you know, from, you know, and what, you know, kind of like looking at history and the sociology of 2020. So we were talking about that and about our memories of COVID in those early days and the stress and the worry and the, just the, all the unknowns about what is this? How is, long is this going to last? Am I going to get it? Am I going to survive this? Is my family going to survive this? And, um, and as we were talking about sort of the, all of the memories that were flooding up from that time, you know, we also were talking about where it's led us today. And for both of us, this very weird feeling of life kind of returning to some level of normalcy, but this sort of underlying discomfort or like disorientation. And so I had this analogy I came up with um, recently and I shared it with him and he was like, oh, this is exactly what it feels like to me. So I wanted to share it with you all in case you've been feeling maybe a little unsettled or like disoriented as we are starting to find, you know, as COVID numbers are going down and we're starting to go out into the world again a little bit more. But I had this analogy come to me as like a, a computer program. So to me, like before the pandemic, there was a, a program that I understood, like software that I knew how to use. I knew how to navigate. You know, it was called, you know, uh, living in the United States in 2020, you know, or, you know, 2019. And I understood how things work. Okay, so if I want to get this program 
uh, or this, let's say workshop, yoga workshop going, here are the things I have to do to promote it, to get it going. Um, for me to find happiness, here's what I do to get myself into a happy place. Um, you know, I have goals and dreams and visions of what I want my life to look like and be like, and feel like, and I knew exactly what needed to happen in order to achieve those things. So again, it was like a software program, I think in a lot of our systems that was operating quite well. It all made sense. You know, of course, there's always hiccups and bumps in the road you don't anticipate, but more or less, there was sort of a familiarity with the terrain of life. <laughs> now, fast forward to 2021, 2022, and I feel like that software program was removed from the hardware of my psyche and my mind and body. And so now, as I'm trying to figure out what am I doing? How do I operate in the world? How do I get my needs met? How do I find what it is I want to do? There's no program anymore. It's like that old program doesn't work. And it's like, not, it's not even that it doesn't work. It's that I forgot how to do it. And it's like that information has been like erased from the hard drive. And so there's this feeling of waiting. Like there's a new software program. Do you guys feel like this at all? Does this at all resonate? Like there's a new upgraded software, but I haven't been able to download it yet. So I'm in this very weird liminal space where, you know, I, I, I know enough to get around. I can survive, but in terms of making things happen or like achieving things, I have no program to run on anymore. So I'm kind of like feeling around in the dark, <laughs> trying to remember what I used to do, but having a deep sense that even if I could remember, it doesn't work in the current world. It's like there's a new game and the old game gaming pad or like the old controls, they are not configured with the current game that I'm playing. <laughs> and again, like I don't have new, I don't have a new, a new control system. Like I don't have the new things that I need to operate in this new world. Is that, so anyway, that's, when I was talking with him, he was like, yes, that's a great analogy. So what do we do? We were talking about it. Like, well, what do I do now? Like, you know, I, I know that there's something that I, authentically have to give that I have to offer. Uh, I know that there's something there, but I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to make it happen. I don't know how to offer it. So lately I've been just really sitting with that and, and meditating on this idea of waiting that there is a, it, there, it's so uncomfortable to wait. So uncomfortable to be forced into stillness. But that is exactly what we're being asked to do right now. I don't think we're being asked collectively to jump back in and to push forward. And so the analogy of the butterfly and this metamorphosis, somebody posted this on Facebook, um, the, the process by which a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. And it just blew my mind because I didn't, like I knew this, but I didn't actually have such a uh, deep understanding and like a visual idea of what goes into turning this caterpillar um, into a butterfly. So this is how it goes, guys. It's so crazy. So 
first, you know, you've got your caterpillar. He's walking around the world. He's eating leaves, you know, getting himself nice and plump for his transformation. Then he makes himself into a chrysalis. And when he goes into the chrysalis, the only thing that remains the same are the wings of the butterfly. So he, the, the caterpillar within him has this template and has like the very basic uh, structure for the wings. But then you know what the butterfly or what the, what it does? Um, oh, someone's here. I don't know who, so I'm not gonna, it's probably groceries. I still do that. I still get my groceries dropped off. Um, so, um, so then what happens is Sita, come here. Come on. She's a good guard dog for being 10 pounds, I think. <laughs> okay, so here's what happens. It turns into goo. The caterpillar completely deconstructs itself. And in that chrysalis is a slimy, gooey, completely messy, fudgy substance that does not look anything like a caterpillar, doesn't look anything like a butterfly. It's just goo. And I was like, that's what I feel like. I feel like everything that I knew from before COVID was like my caterpillar body. And that has completely been turned into this very gelatinous, gooey substance, but the wings are there. Like the butterfly wings that are gonna have, like I know they're there, I can feel them. But the rest of it is like, I have no idea what I'm doing and how I'm gonna get to wherever it is I'm going. And weird thing is I don't really know where I'm going. I got a sense of it, but it's not like the old program where, it was very clear. And then I just had to make the step, you know, like I had to pray and wait and make this thing, but I knew that the path was coming. Now all I have is the wings. And so that all I can do is wait. I just have to wait in this very uncomfortable, gooey place. And um, so that's what I've been doing in the mornings. I've just been sitting in silence for eight minutes, just being open, you know? First I asked the question, how am I doing today? And I check in with my body because I don't, otherwise I won't do that. So I just check in, how am I doing? Oh, I have allergies. My neck is really sore. I need to stretch, you know, just like very basic checking in. Oh, I'm really dehydrated today. I need to up the water. And then the second question is, is God, what do you need me to know today? Or God, what, tell me something, <laughs> tell me some good news, tell me anything. And I just sit and wait. And, uh, that's been a really powerful practice because sometimes it comes forth in like a, a word. Sometimes it's just sort of the sense of like today when I was meditating, it was, you're just going to have to wait. And I was like, really? That's what you're going to tell me? Yeah. Yeah. That's what you need to know today is you're waiting. Waiting for what? That's it. You're just waiting. It's like, ah, oh, okay. So that's all I have to do is just wait. Yep. That's all you have to do. Okay. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> it's very, uh, there's, there's no resolution. So I wish I had like an easy and very like, uh, you know, I wish I had like a simple solution, like, okay, wait for 10 days and then things will get clear. But I think for me, the message for right now is we're waiting, but we have the wings. So don't give up hope.
and, um, and, and, you know, kind of relish in this time of unknown, you know, and look for signs, look for signs that, that something is coming into formation. Like for me, I've been invited to do a bunch of kids herb walks. So, you know, this month I'm doing two kids herb walks and one adult herb walk. So those things just sort of organically came forth. Um, so I'm going to follow that. It's like, it's like a tiny breadcrumb, but it's like, well, that's what, that's just the next thing. So I'm going to follow that and see where that goes. I wanted to share a few poems with you um, before we talk about blue flag, which is a wonderful herb for this time of waiting. So first I'm gonna read uh, from Mary Oliver. It's called Great Moth Comes from His Peppery Cage or Papery, Papery Cage. Gone is the worm, that tunnel body. Gone is the mouth that loved leaves and tomatoes. Gone are the innumerable feet. He is beautiful now and shivers into the air as if he has always known how, who crawled and crawled all summer, has wide wings with a flare at the bottom. The moon excites him. The heat of the night excites him. But where did the dance come from? Surely not out of a simple winter's sleep. Surely it's more than ambition, this new architecture. What could it be that does it? Let me look closer and a long time. The next time I see green-blooded worm crawling and curling hot day after hot day among the leaves and the smooth, proud tomatoes. So here, Mary Oliver is commenting on this process of metamorphosis, this transformation of this caterpillar, in this case, into a moth. And I just love how she says, you know, gone, you know, there's this letting go, there's this grief, this loss of what was the tunnel body, the mouth that loved the leaves and tomatoes, gone are the innumerable feet. And, you know, for, for us right now, it's like, we have to let go of what was pre-COVID, what was pre-pandemic, what happened before is gone. And so now he is beautiful. He shivers in the air as if he has always known how, who crawled all summer, has wide wings that flare at the bottom. The moon excites him. And I think like, this is like where we're going, right? We've always known we were gonna become something with wide wings at the bottom that the moon would excite us. But, you know, she asked the question, but where did the dance come from? Surely it's more than ambition, this new architecture. You know, it's, it's not ambition. The, the caterpillar didn't know it was gonna become a moth or a butterfly. This new architecture, this new structure came from something else. And I think that's the question and the place we wanna be. So the next poem she writes called Thirst, I think really speaks to this process. What is that in-between state? Another morning I wake with thirst for the goodness I do not have. I walk out to the pond and all the way God has given us such beautiful lessons. Oh Lord, I was never a quick scholar, but sulked and hunched over my books past the hour and the bell. Grant me in your mercy a little more time, a little more love for the earth and love for you are having such a long conversation in my heart. 
Who knows what will finally happen or where I will be sent? Yet already I have given a great many things away, expecting to be told to pack nothing except the prayers which, with this thirst, I am slowly learning. Who knows where, who knows what will finally happen or where I will be sent. Yet already I have given a great many things away expecting to be told to pack nothing except the prayers, which with this thirst, I am slowly learning. Oh God, that just hits me. <laughs> Tears and goosebumps. Because it's so true. You know, we've given away so much. We've you know, so many of us have moved, we've purged, we've gotten rid of things, we've lost loved ones, you know, like we've given so much because we're expecting, we know that the call is coming and all we will have are the prayers and this thirst for something, but we don't know what it is. So I think thirst, you know, it, while we're waiting, thirst is such a powerful um thing to pay attention to you know it's like what do i do in this moment when you're thirsty you drink water when you're hungry you have a snack or you eat a meal when you're lonely you find someone to love you and to to connect with and so these are the things we can do in moment by moment while we're waiting just waiting is what's the next thing that i can do what am i thirsting for right now and uh, yeah, the rest of it is yet to come. So that's all big stuff. Like I'm, <laughs> I can't tie that up in a tidy bow, but I want to. But I, but I do think we can sit with it, right? And maybe if you have time in the mornings before you start your busy day, just to set your timer for one minute, two minutes, five minutes, eight minutes, just sit and say, I'm just going to sit in this waiting, and I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust this thirst is going to bring me forward and that the architecture will come, right? And this is a, a lesson that um, the plant blue flag, which I wanted to talk about today, I think has such a great uh, message for us. So if you've ever seen blue flag or blue iris, it's sometimes called, uh, let's find a picture of it. It's such a wonderful um reminder of how we can recycle our own creative energies and our own our own instinctive knowing and our own ability to pray. So if the Latin name is Iris Versicolor, so I'm just going to look it up. And this is the book. This is a, a lovely book, Iris. This book is called Flower Power by Anne McIntyre. Just a great book to have on hand as a resource. Here's a picture of blue flag, iris versicolor. And if you look really closely at the petals in these little areas here, it's um, iridescent. So versicolor, it's like it has many um, colors. And so this plant was often, this, this uh, flower was often planted by graves because it was said to help those pass and transition from this world to the next world. 
Um, it's also called the rainbow, um, you know, Arco Iris um, or the, the rainbow arc. Um, this is the flower of the rainbow as Anne McIntyre calls it. You can see here the flower of the rainbow. So we have, um, we have this, this plant that is all about helping us cross the rainbow bridge, you know, crossing from one land to a new land. But again, we are still crossing. We're still crossing. We're not, we're not there yet. I mean, at least many of us, some of us might be there. <laughs> in which case, message me, let me know how you got there. Um, but for many of us that are in that liminal in-between space, then, um, you know, we can use this, both the image of the flower. So you could print out a picture of it, have it on your desk, um, you know, frame it, put it on your wall. Uh, you could also plant this. I have a bunch of these in my yard. Um, just to remind me of, of that transitional place. And I just want to read um, this prayer from Blue Flag. This was written by Henry Longfellow, 1807 to 1882. O flower de luce, bloom on and let the river linger to kiss thy feet. Because this plant likes to grow near water. It likes to have its feet wet. O flower of song, bloom on and make forever the world more fair and sweet. The Greek iris means the eye of heaven. Use both of the center of the eye or the iris of the eye and the rainbow. So again, that's one image. The other thing that I notice in growing this herb, and I've grown this plant in many places where I've lived over the years, is that it will bloom its flower out. And then rather than dropping the flower like a, and dropping the petals like a lot of plants do, it actually sucks its own energy back in. And it's kind of like, do you, if you've seen The Wizard of Oz, you know how in the scene when the house drops on the Wicked Witch of the West? Or the east. I think it's the Wicked Witch of the West. When the house drops on the Wicked Witch, do you remember how her the feet like coil with the red, with the ruby red slippers, like they coil back in and and curl back in under the house? That's how Iris kind of that's what it does with its flower. It just sort of coils and spirals and sucks the energy back into the plant and recycles it and sends that energy upward to the next bloom. And so there's this long period of waiting between the flowers, where when one flower is dying and its energy is being sucked in, the next flower is waiting up there at the top, just in that tight little bud. And there's nothing you can do to make it bloom faster. You just have to wait. And so this plant for me, in terms of um, this metaphor that we've been exploring, really speaks to the power of of recycling and drawing inward um, your energies and uh, your resources. It's like, you know, becoming that goo again. And if you ever feel the iris as it's sucking back in, it becomes very gooey and transparent and sort of papery, thin and, and gooey, just like the energy of the caterpillar as it's turning into that butterfly. And so, you know, this plant is used for those who have creative stagnation. It's used for artists, visionaries, um, you know, really good for creative types who are in a creative lag or uh, just a, a bog of creative of st creative stagnation, 
And it doesn't necessarily, I mean, it does work in the body as a lymphatic, which it moves the waters of the body. It has a very strong relationship to water. So it does move the waters, but it doesn't do it quickly. It's not like it's going to give you a quick spark or insight into a new idea. It's a slow working plant and it slowly starts to churn and move the waters so that you can start to see um, and feel and, and process what's already inside of you to prepare you for what's next. So if you wanna work with Blue Flag, it works really nicely as a um, flower essence. You can take three to five drops on your tongue several times a day. You can also take it as a tincture, it's a low dose herb. So I would work with it in drop doses. Um, for most people, I would say three drops would be sufficient. It's quite strong, um, bitter and acrid, so you'll taste it. So just three drops of a tincture on your tongue. Um, and just, you know, if you can just sit with it and sit in that stillness and that time of waiting and let the medicine work on you and through you. Um, and yeah, as you wait, as you wait for the architecture to take form for this new program to download <laughs> as to how do we operate in this new world? Um, you know, this plant will, will teach us that quality of patience and of, uh, of, of working with the emotions and the, the waters that are inside of us. So thank you. Thank you for being here with me. I, I feel so grateful that I have um, such a great audience of listeners and, and people who uh, like to think the way that I think, um, who are interested in plants and spirituality and uh, the teachings of nature and the movement of the stars and cycles. So please, um, Continue to, to continue to, to follow me and, and leave your comments. Let me know you're there listening. Share this with friends if you think they might find it hopeful and inspiring and helpful. And I will be back. Oh, I'm also, for those of you who live in Minnesota, I wanted to mention I'm leading a free or actually donation-based herb walk. It can be free if you can't afford it. That's totally fine. Um, in Afton, Minnesota, this Saturday, June 4th from 1030 to noon. So if you're interested, um, I can send you more details. You can just comment or message or email me at info at skyhouseherbs.com. And I'll be doing um, a kids herb walk in Plymouth, Minnesota in when? June 20th, it's a Monday from 10 to 1130. And so I can send you those details too. So thank you for following. Have a wonderful day. Peace to you in this time of waiting and I'll see you all again soon.